Hey, baby, baseball. Welcome to the podcast. This is season three. I'm your host, Clayton Improta, for the Oakland Athletics. Hey, everybody. Uh, this is Tyler Hall for the San Francisco Giants side of Bay Bay Baseball. Uh, welcome back. Thank you. And hey, Bay Bay. Hey, Bay Bay. Yeah, we're both in undisclosed case- locations. We're both actually quite far uh, east. Mm-hmm. of uh of the bay water but we are we are both here uh representing northern california baseball sports stuff yeah i mean uh for those that maybe if you're joining us for the first time thank you uh this is like clay mentioned this is our third season uh we're we're kind of like major league baseball we haven't really had a full season yet we've had some crazy stuff happen each uh each year obviously the first year with the pandemic and Last year was just kind of hectic for both of us personally. I live, as Clay also mentioned, you know, further east. I'm I'm up in Sacramento now, so buying a house, you know, moving to the new family up to Sacramento kind of derailed the podcast at the end of the year. So uh, sorry for that. But uh, so, you know, this year. I want to apologize for his, his son, his first <laughs> for ruining this podcast effectively. This un- yeah, Hunter. Yeah. <laughs> but but we're back but, we're back we was... but we're back and we're gonna you know uh things have settled down for everybody i think and so you know we're looking to be with you guys uh a little more regularly and we'll get into that a little bit later but yeah so you know thank you yeah um hey, man well uh um you know i guess we'll kind of get into into a couple of things i mean we just got out of uh the, the lockout we thought maybe we were going to have another shortened season but we'll get 162 games um i haven't had much time to look at the rules you know uh but i've, I've of course been just focusing on these uh trades that have been ruining you know um what's left of this organization but uh, as far as the lockout, we ended up with some um really good benefits for the players of course tyler and i stand very firmly with the players assuming that they should have absolutely that they asked for um and it's good to see that they uh came out with some good stuff at the end of this and a few funky rules um the dh is going over to the yeah universal dh now you know i'll uh i'll miss the late inning strategy from having no dh but you know i knew it was coming for a while so i've kind of just kind of known it was going to happen so i'm not like pissed about it or anything i'm just like oh that's too bad but it is what it is if that's what it if i i was kind of talking about it with some buddies earlier if if getting rid of the dh or if going universal dh meant like getting rid of some of the gimmicky rules that i didn't like i would be all for it and that's kind of what how i'm looking at it now we have the universal dh but there's no seven inning double headers now there's no free runners for no reason on second base crash rules so, so you know let's get rid of those um yeah how are you feeling about the bigger bases i feel like that's a very interesting um yeah almost, i feel like it's gonna be weird at first i mean i've looked at i've seen like a one side by side and it's not like too crazy but i think it'll probably in person it'll probably be weird to kind of get used to I'm sure um darling Marte will enjoy uh all the amazing steals they get per season um yeah. a little little wider path i guess towards yeah Second and third. Yeah, more room to navigate and 
Yeah, maybe a few and, collisions that you don't really don't want to see. Um, yeah. Field. So, you know, maybe that's some good things for the players. You know, Universal DH, that's probably a good thing for the players too. But yeah, um, I guess, you know, looking at uh, They're going to do a pitch count starting next year in 2023 or a pitch clock, I mean, rather. So interested to see, you know, how, you know, they've had it up a few times and I've seen it like in the minors and that. I really don't know how they really enforce it. Is it just kind of like they just keep warning you or like at some point do they just call a ball? Yeah, I wonder. I know. Yeah. Do you just get fined if you take too long? I mean, you got to think it's like a balk, I guess, you know, or I mean, you you take it off the pitcher. But at the same time, you know, does that mean I wonder if that means that the the, uh, electronic umpire isn't too far away? You know, as controversial as that may be. Uh test it out as well they like to test things out on the minor league players you know so yeah but uh, i feel like that would have to be part of like the cba so i'm assuming that wouldn't be for at least another five years then since i just agreed to a five-year deal i feel like that would have to be part of that unless you know if both sides agree it would be better i gotta yell at somebody every game um you know they can they can add stuff if both sides agree as they go so you know maybe they'll add it in though but yeah that's a that's a good point too but they had a good oh sorry you were gonna yeah oh i was just gonna say i also really like the new scheduling where every team plays every other team in baseball i think it kind of adds a new like a more level competitiveness so when you're comparing records you know if you're a team that wins like a you know terrible division, you, you're playing crappy teams all the time, so your record might get be a little inflated. So now that the schedule will be a little more balanced, everybody plays everybody. I think the records will be still won't be a perfect system, but you know the the records will be a little more indicative of how they match up or you know record wise with all of baseball more accurately. Yeah, wonder, yeah and I guess it's it, it's pretty evened out. It, it makes you wonder about like the travel situation, if that makes it a little more interesting for, you know, I guess how the team moves around or, you know, how yeah. gonna work is going to work that way. But obviously it's the, they agree that it's going to work. I mean, they, they, the math figures it out. Yeah. I mean, the, the players are going to have to travel more because instead of, you know, having those four series against your division, once you're typically closer to you, you're going to be like, you know, like the giants, instead of going to, you know, San Diego, LA, and Arizona, and Denver for you know an extra series. Now they're going to be going to like Toronto or New York again, or you know Tampa. You know, so every team is like that. Just using the Giants as an example, so they're going to be traveling a bit more. So that's an interesting point. It, for travel, it makes me excited because now I'll, I'll have a wider. Uh, net to cast whenever the giants are on the road i'll have a chance to go to some more stadiums i've never been to absolutely absolutely go to go to some road series in like you know toronto or would be awesome or see the giants at yankee stadium or something like that yeah absolutely that'd be sweet it was, it was yeah a good way to you know if, if families look at it ways to nationalize the sport that would be a very smart idea for them is making their home teams or someone's favorite team more accessible from from beyond in a way so that's it's an interesting you know i've heard i i uh at my place of work i um got to hear some kind of inside talks from like dave cavill and dave stewart both who have a uh, part ownership in the a's and you know they're they're interested in nationalizing uh the sport and then you know and then i hear from dave fleming a longtime broadcaster for the giants and he's talking about how um 
how regional sports really need to focus on it. So it'll be interesting where the sport goes on from that. We were talking, uh, it's interesting. A lot of old mentality with baseball is that it's generationally passed down and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, you're passed down your love of the sport from your, from your dad or your mom and, or you pass it on to your son or your daughter. And I think, you know, and it's funny because in your case, you know, that's, that's true. Your dad's a big baseball fan. I I don't know if that, yeah left field with that one but your dad's a big baseball fan my dad doesn't happen to be a huge baseball fan he likes sports but we never went to any baseball games we never only professional sports game i ever saw with my dad was an exhibition match between the supersonics and the warriors and uh he was pretty excited because he thought gary payton was gonna play but uh he showed up in a suit so we never actually <laughs> play but um that was a little disappointing but you know it's uh and we saw it at a college stadium in the university of montana but Wow. Um, so I never really grew up in just uh, being around a local team and living in Oakland and, and going to A's games really cemented my just enjoyment of the sport. And it doesn't mean that it needed to be passed down generation generation. It happened to be the support for your local team. And I think that that's something that um, the Giants had really well in the 2000, you know, 12 and onward and 2010 and onward years where you, you garnered a lot of local support and there are a lot of, um orphan giants fans if you mm-hmm. will <laughs> There's no, yeah no father to their style um yep. so that, i think that's a really interesting well, well but anyway you know kind of and then i think the last thing i want to touch on from the lockout or from you know the new agreement um speaking of keeping fans more engaged and excited is the expansion of the playoffs to 12 teams uh, I'm, I'm glad the players fought to keep it at 12. They were the, the owners wanted 14 because obviously that's where the money is, is in the playoffs. And because we need half the teams. In exactly. Baseball. I just think when you get to half the teams in baseball, it's just if you're going to do half the teams in baseball, then just shorten the season then because you don't need 162 to let the cream rise to the top. Right. Right. Exactly. Uh, you know, so I'm glad they, they kept it at 12. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see how teams do with getting a buy now. Some people argue for, especially for baseball, you know, kind of throws, it's such a game of timing. Um, and you don't want your pitchers to get kind of too out of game shape. You want them to just, you know, keep, keep going. So it'll be interesting to see how those teams with the buys go. You know, I wonder if the, if they'll look to change it again, if like after, you know, two or three years, if the top two teams, that have the buys in each league or str- if they lose like most of those series, they'd probably have to look at changing it somehow. Yeah. But interested to see, maybe it'll, maybe it'll do teams a lot of good. You know, you're beat up after 162. So an extra, you know, four or five days. So. And yeah, uh, make it happen right at the end. Yeah. I mean, we've seen lots of teams do that. Yeah. But yeah, the, and then, so the last interesting thing regarding the playoffs though, is that the, uh, to make sure that the postseason starts on time now, they're doing away with tiebreaker games, so no more game 163s. Thanks for the A's. Uh, thanks three, four years ago. We really appreciate the last 10 years yeah. of these one-offs. Really? Yeah. Thanks, MLB. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. But, uh, but, uh, but yeah, so now run differential is going to be the, the tiebreaker. And so, you know, we were talking about a little bit right before we recorded. It's going to be interesting – for a few levels, you know, like if you're getting blown out, you might not throw a position player out there. You don't want, you know, to keep your run differential at least intact. Uh, you might, where you would let a guy just go and eat the rest of the game. And no matter what, if he's getting lit up, you might 
try to make a switch where, you know, in the previous couple of years you wouldn't. Um, and then, uh, we, you know, the unwritten rules of the game, don't swing, you know, on a 3-0 pitch when you're up late in the game. You know, well, now you can say we're just trying to secure our, our chances for the playoffs. So you can't, you can't get mad at that. Uh, take note of run differentials. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah. But yeah, it's, um, that, it, it should be a good way for uh, teams to definitely cement their leaders. It, I think it makes, it gives it another element of fairness or another element of, you know, or maybe it takes away an element of ways to sneak into the playoffs. You know, I guess it um, retracts from the money ball mentality a little bit where it's like, we just need to win games. doesn't matter by how much um, it yeah. doesn't matter, you know, if we get beat sorely in some games, as long as we can kind of win the games we need to um, mm-hmm. kind of been the way that uh, not just the A's, but a few teams have rolled and some done it way more successfully than others. Um, but it's uh, uh, it'll be interesting to see that change. Um, but yeah, moving on, I guess that's just looking on down the road. Uh, um, as far as other things looking down the road, A's are finally got an environmental impact report passed for Howard terminal. Um, the next step is there's uh, going to be a big uh, meeting on March 16th. Um, I'm going to post some stuff onto the Twitter. You guys should check it out. It's on a tiny URL slash Howard uh, terminal. Um, write in, even if you're not in Oakland, just say if you know you want to keep the A's in Oakland. Um, I've, I've made this plea to the fans. That should be like anyone who's listening to this podcast, even if you're a Giants fan. We need to keep the A's here. You know, it's more fun keeps uh clay and i having a podcast to make yeah that's uh, <laughs> most importantly keeps us having... but you know it's just fun to have you know that cross bay rival it's you know it's fun to have you know some friends who don't all root for the same teams it kind of adds you know to some friendly banter and stuff like that you know it's just more fun and it, it it's great to have both teams in the bay so even if you're a giants fan please you know clay said he'll tweet it out please if you have time send in a quick note to try to keep the a's in northern california yeah, tell me this isn't a big market. Tell me that Oakland's not a big market. That's they're both the same market. So I think we're uh, you know, I think it's big enough for both. Bay's big enough for the both of us. Oh, that's a good. I love a lot of bees. Lots of bees. Federations. You know, I had uh, live near Berkeley Bowl on a breakfast burrito. <laughs> baseball, Bay Bay. Hey, Bay Bay. Coming together, man. It's all coming together. <laughs> Beautiful. Nice. <laughs> anyway, uh, but uh, yeah going um <laughs> uh but uh, uh moving on uh, what's happening right now it's the trades trade season baby i'm not excited about it i mean i'm excited because i have to see what the next five years are going to look like for the a's i'm super unexcited because right off the bat um i mean even before the lockout uh <laughs> in but after our last podcast i'm sure that was a reason for me not wanting to even talk about it but uh bob melvin is now the padres manager and he is um now he's going to have money and a really good team to operate with. So uh, I just couldn't believe they let him just leave for oh, nothing. It was, yeah. He's like one of the best managers in baseball. Why do you just let him he leave? Won, like, he won, a, he won a, a manager of the year three times with your team. Uh, but no, no, I thought, uh, you know, <laughs> it's too, you know, it's, it is, it's, it's too bad, but I think what you'll, realize with a lot of A's fans, which I saw I was at A's Fan Fest last Saturday. Um, we realized with a lot of A's fans is we're just used to the disappointment. And the any even if you've been a fan since um when they were amazing in the in the late eighties and when they were amazing in the seventies, 
you know, there's it's a rise and fall of this team. And then, of course, with the, you know, direction of. I just feel like know, now, it, like since like the late 90s, it's just been like. Uh, well, know, I, I say this, it's going to sound. Go, go ahead. Well, you go with Lou Wolf. You didn't get San Jose. You didn't get, you know. Um, the, they didn't get San Jose because they gave like, the yeah. Giants San Jose. Well, then he got to 2014. But yeah, he's just like to give things away for nothing. San right. Jose, Bobby <laughs> Mel. Yeah. Poor, poor business moves. I mean, it's funny. They talk about like how it's a poor business venture, but only if you're like bad at business and which the A's have shown over and over again, that they are pretty bad at um, dealing with their clients, which are their fans who love to spend money on the sports. So I, I, I could go on and on about how terrible they are, but the true fans have stuck around. And, and I guess if that's what you wanted as like the Oakland A's is that you wanted to reduce your fan base down to the diehards. If you wanted to really cut it down to a bunch of like a group of people that love this team, but hate your guts. If that's what you wanted to do, they've done an amazing job at it. They have done so well. And most recently it was uh, with Chris Bassett. Um, Starling Marte was never really going to hang with the A's. Um, He's just too good of a trading block. It was no surprise that he was picked up by the vets. Canna, also not surprising that somebody else figured out he was good. He really got nurtured and had just an amazing time here. Um, He's, he's, you know, one of the greatest and nicest players. Um, He was really known for going to local restaurants in Oakland and um, doing reviews, stuff that you just don't have to do or don't get paid for (laughs) as an Oakland A. And he was like saying this guy, you know, like Chef Smelly in Oakland. He was like talking about him on the, you know, on the live broadcast, like, you know, and just doing really nice things like a Guy Fieri kind of thing, you know, mm-hmm. free advertisement to this business. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know, Canada was a great guy, but yeah, I think New York would be great with the media in New York. Um, it's just really selfless and really just straight. sounds like he'll enjoy the food scene too. He'll probably enjoy the food scene out there. And then I knew that there was going to be a sale for the pitchers. Um, I didn't expect them to get Bassett up this quickly. Uh, Bassett got traded mid A's fan fest. So I start to think of the owners as kind of like the Grinch. And he's just testing the Whoville people. Like, as, how much can I take from them? And they'll stop playing their stupid drums and singing. You know, like, I don't know what, <laughs> what uh, Grinch uh, style uh, ownership is, but that's kind of, that, that must be it. But anyway, they took Bassett away right after somebody raffled off some Bassett items. I think it was some cleats or some or a hat signed by him. And it was like, oh, nice. Um, but in return, uh, let's talk about the good things on it, uh, as if we can call it a good thing. Um, JT Jin comes to us from the Mets. He's probably the best part. Uh, six years of contract control. Um, originally, like early on, he's been known to be good. He was a first-round pick by the Dodgers in high school, but he turned it down and decided to go to Mississippi State. Uh, he's got a great fast fastball. He's got nice movement on his slider. Um, fast, throws strikes. He keeps the ball on the ground. Uh, hopefully the A's can keep a good enough infield um, if they keep Chapman around. If he's, you know, if he doesn't get traded, you know, there might be some good movement there. I don't expect Olsen to stay around for too long. Uh, but anyway, moving back to JT Jen, I, I think he, he's a good future pickup. I think in five years, we might be like, oh, that was an okay trade. Uh, <laughs> and then they'll trade him. <laughs> and and then, then, then they'll trade him. Except it'll be a really, you know, nice trade for a new young prospect. Um, or we'll have a new stadium and they might be wanting to spend money. I don't know. Uh, we can all dream. Adam, yeah. Oster, um, he's not, 
is not that great. He actually hasn't seen uh, any time on the major league mound. Um, he's only putzed around through AAA, but he does have a cool comeback story. And we know the A's love comeback stories or random out of the blue stories. Don't so, we all? Adam Aller, 20th round pick by the Pirates in 2016. He kind of fumbled around the minors and then he was released. There's a cool story on Twitter about him. He was released. He was ready to give it all up. And then the Giants decided in 2019, maybe he wants another little shot at it. Um, He wasn't much better, but then when the Mets picked him up in the Rule 5, he started to really pick up his groove in the New York AAA system. And he ended it with a a 2.45 ERA and 43 strikeouts in 44 innings. So um, that's good enough to pass up from AAA. So, uh, you know, maybe we'll see him on the mound. Maybe it's the sweet comeback story uh, for Adam Aller. Um, don't call it a comeback because he has not been in the major leagues yet, but <laughs> get there. Um, so he did win the Mets organizational pitcher of the year in 2021. So maybe he's just a really great guy. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> Mets really liked him. Um, so uh, that just leaves us. Why is Bassett? Why does that suck? He was an all-star in 2021. Um, he missed a month of the season. Uh, because he took a line drive to the face, um, which we may think happened to be because the MLB was screwing with the balls. We don't really know. Um, but he came back from that after a month, returned late September after surgery on his face. And he still threw, um, you know, he was 12-4 with a 3.15 ERA and, uh, you know, 218 opponent batting average um, to come back from an injury and just end the season like that. Uh, he ended with uh, 3.44 ERA in the Oakland career ERA list. So unless we see him back, that doesn't change. Uh, one of the best A's pitchers we've seen um, in only six seasons. So that was uh, that's a tough loss. Um, so yes. we're likely to see more pitchers go. And if it goes that way, Sean Murphy, the catcher, um, looks like he's getting by, eyed by the Yankees. Uh, we might see Olsen go to the Yankees. I'm seeing a lot of news on that today. So don't be surprised by the time this podcast comes out, we hear a little more about that. Um, Rangers and Braves also want him because if Braves give up Freeman, then they can just go one match lower and get Olsen. Um, so it's exciting draft, unfortunately for me to watch all these great players go to other teams, but, uh, it'll be, it'll be interesting. So here we are. Sad yeah. new, new news. <laughs> well, uh, well on our side of the Bay, uh, the, the Giants did make a quick splash right at the end, uh, or, uh, Right as the lockout ended, they were the first signing. They uh, went out and signed Carlos Rodon to a two-year, $44 million deal. He does have an opt-out after this year, so it could be a one-year deal. But, I mean, he pitched amazing last year. He made the all-star team. He threw a no-no. So, you know, I think bringing him in, he's a lefty, so he'll balance out the rotation a little bit, which is great. And I think it just kind of helps maybe take a little pressure off of Logan Webb because he doesn't really have to – he he'll pro- he can still be the guy, but he doesn't have to feel the pressure to have to be the number one. I feel like Rodon could easily be the number one and Webb be the number two. Um, and so, you know, that also – so that signing rounded out basically the, the Giants rotation when healthy. Uh, you'd have, you know, some form or combination of Webb, Rodon, Desclafani, Wood, uh, Wood and uh, Cobb, who they signed uh, before the lockout began. And so uh, that kind of led me to, you know, bef- right before the podcast, I was jotting down my notes. And for uh, roster needs, I put a bullpen arm and starting pitcher depth because if one of those five goes down, they're in trouble. And literally 
five minutes before Clay and I w- went to record, I saw the news that they signed uh, Carlos Martinez uh, this evening. So he kind of covers both of those. He, he's been a starter, so he can be like a sixth starter, an emergency guy if needed. And he's the, but the last couple of years, I believe, at least last year, he pitched out of the pen. No, I think he had over 60 appearances. You know, he's got gas. He can throw high 90s. Um, so, you know, apparently if, if your name is Carlos, the Giants want to sign you to uh, join their pitching staff. <laughs> Um, or if you're Carlos Correa, you know, you, you, you can come over too. <laughs> yeah. Get him out of the freaking American league. I'm done with Carlos Correa. And then I only have to see him four times. That'd be great. Yeah. yeah. Um, but those were the two, uh, those were my points two and three. So that Carlos Martinez, you know, signing kind of kills two birds with one stone, hopefully. Um, and then, but the number one thing on my list was an outfield bat. You know, there's a few big bats out there that are, you know, some big free agents that I would love for them to sign. I think I'd be really intrigued to see if they signed, uh, I think it's pronounced Seiya Suzuki. Uh, you know, he's uh, basically a five tool guy from Japan who's coming over. And, uh, you know, the Giants are, have been listed as, you know, the top three or five, you know, top suitors going after him. So I think he would be fun to kind of see uh, fill out the outfield. Um, if he goes elsewhere, you know, maybe a, a Nick Cassianos or maybe a Chris Bryant reunion, though I think that was kind of unlikely. But, you know, I think either of those guys would be great fits for the outfield as well. Um, are you just are you just worried? Are you just bracing yourself for trades? You're not even worried about who they'll potentially sign now? Or are you just focused on bracing for impact? I mean, like if I was really like kind of like anticipated at all that they would get anybody, it's going to be like an old head you know uh, it'll be like clayton kershaw or somebody <laughs> who i think just re-signed with the dodgers but yeah yeah that kind of model i think they're just gonna go with i mean why change um if it's worked quote i'm quoting worked for them um where you know <laughs> where you get a bunch of old guys and a bunch of young guys and then a couple guys in the mid-range that are okay um you know it, it's 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 one way to do it um but yeah, I think uh, I think I'm just prepared to see a bunch of really good players uh, walk away from this team. Um, although I'm you know I'm getting a feed right now that says you know Yankees are looking really hard at Freddie Freeman, which would take you know uh, Olson off the table. But then Donaldson just moved over to the Yankees, um, so you know Blue Jays are now looking for a third baseman that might be Matt Chapman, and he could go play right next to. Well, part of that no, part of that deal was. Uh... It was to the twins, by the way, but uh, oh, the twins. Oh, Geo Geo Ursula came over with Gary Sanchez to the twins, so he'll probably be their third baseman. So if you're hoping the A's will keep uh, keep Chapman, you know that takes a team out of the running. So yeah, yeah, well, yeah, everyone, everyone was talking about him being a Yankee, but he's had a, had a really uh, rough end of twenty twenty one, where he was, it just wasn't batting up to par, which he's known to slump, you know, here and there, but. Mm-hmm. See how things go. Um, still free agent, so yeah. Um, well, before we wrap up, I don't know if you have anything uh, you wanted to cover, Clay. I w- I did want to mention, obviously, of course, Buster Posey retired at the end of last season. We haven't recorded since then. I, I have to say, you know, thank you, Buster. I have to bring that up as something that's happened this off season. You know, he's a Giants legend. He'll he'll have a statue and probably his number retired someday. You know, I think he's a Hall of Famer. It's been a 
you know, I think it's a solid debate. Uh, I think Giants fans are a little take it too for granted that he just he's a Hall of Famer. I don't think they realize how close it will actually be. But I mean, three-time champion, rookie of the year, comeback player, two two-time comeback player of the year. You know, the MVP, the batting title, the Gold Glove. He's basically done everything you can on a baseball field while playing the toughest position. So, uh, you know. I'm sure Buster's listening, so thank you, Buster. You know, Giants <laughs> legend, uh, hanging it up. Yeah, that was quite the endorsement. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, yeah, no, absolutely. That's that's great. That's fantastic news. They should they should retire that, um, and he should be a Hall of Famer. He's a great, excellent player. Well, uh, yeah, and uh, on my end, keep your votes out for Howard Terminal. Keep a lookout and write. You know, whoever you need to write the city council. Write. I'm going to post this stuff to post online. Just write a little something. Say I want to keep days in Oakland. That's all you got to say. Um, but keep keep baseball alive in the Bay Area. We want to have another Bay Bridge series, and we want to want to keep this fun and uh, keep this podcast going. So now that we're now that we're fired up and episode one season. Yeah. Two. Yeah, and so you know, like we mentioned, we're going to try to you know this year is shaping up nicely for us to be a little more consistent so we're going to be looking to drop a episode for you guys every sunday uh it'll be more of uh predictions or you know looking forward more than uh recapping games like we did in the past we want to kind of keep it more fresh more conversational and not tell you guys as much stuff that you already know we all watch the games, so we know how they did so we exactly. don't need to talk every- to you guys about that and just like us right yeah and so uh <laughs> And so, yeah, yeah, we'll do that every Sunday. You'll still get our bold predictions for how the team will do in the, the coming week. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll try to email if there's any major news that we feel like we need to cover. If uh, a midweek episode is justified, we would do one of those as well. But Sunday will be our, our, our night to, to get something new out for you guys. Um, and we'll also be looking to maybe get some guests, which would hit, probably hit on a weekday. So if if you know anyone who'd want to come on or if you want to come on, we're always down to talk with other fans and just have, have a good time. So if you want to be a guest, you know, s- send us a DM on Twitter. DM us. Yeah, awesome. Slide in the DMs. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening, fans. We're, we're excited to have you for another season. Yeah. Thank you for, for listening. Uh, muito obrigado. To our Portuguese fans. We know a couple of you are out there, maybe just one. Um, thanks to our moms and uh, and special special shout out. Thank you to our good friend Hurricane Chris. Hey, baby. Thank hey, you, everybody. Hey, baby.